If you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, now it's it's easy. Real, real easy. Use Anchor. First and foremost, it's free. You cannot beat free. Free, free, free to start a podcast. And another beautiful thing about it and why I rock with it is I can just do it all on my phone. I can do it on the Anchor app or I can do it on my laptop at anchor.fm. But I do it on my phone and it's cool. And then I can get my podcast out to Spotify, Apple, uh, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast. So if you if you want to make a podcast about anything, any subject at all, rock with Anchor. Oh, Petty Eddie Podcast. Yeah. Petty Eddie Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode two of season two of the Petty Eddie podcast. For those of you uh, who aren't familiar with me, uh, I'm Eddie McDonald or at King Edward 15 on Twitter. Uh, with me today, uh, got a dope, dope guest lined up for you. But before we get to him, shout out to TZ for the theme song that you just heard right before I came on the air. Uh, shout out to him, shout out to Swerve, shout out to the whole Swerve City team. Uh, we're going to talk about some Swerve City uh, projects here shortly uh, with my guests who produced the GPS album, or most of the GPS album they put out on Thanksgiving Day as part of a double-disc album. Uh, GPS and Erica's son cop that on all major platforms wherever you get your music. And with me today is Rich Ladder. Rich, how you doing, man? Good, man. Glad to be here. Appreciate you coming on, and, you know, this has been a long time coming. It was supposed to be last year, but then some things happened where you know, I had to take a break from this, and... Now we're back on track, and uh, you know we've interacted quite a few times. You know, I've, uh, I published an interview I did with you on My Mind on Sports. If you haven't checked that out, go to mymindonsports.com. Just type in, uh, you can type in Rich Latta in the search, and it'll come up with the chopping it up with Rich Latta, uh, producer of the GPS album. Uh, you can also check out the GPS album review on there sometime soon. Uh, Erica's album will be reviewed on there. Uh, check that out. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I talked about in there, we'll talk about here. Uh, so if you haven't read it, or if you have read it, then you'll hear a lot of the same things. If you haven't read it, you get to hear them out loud. Uh, so first and foremost, Rich, uh, how's it going down there in Florida? Oh, I, I'm okay. I'm trying to stay inside as much as I can. Uh, wearing wearing a mask and uh, I, uh, you know, trying to trying to uh, you know 
still survive in the house. As right. So, I hear you. Uh, it, it's almost coming up on a year now that, that you know the world shut down, uh, like eleven months right now, and it's like I spent a lot of time in this room that you're uh, seeing me in right now, and and it's been you know it's been cool because I've gotten to spend a lot of time you know like on my different various crafts and stuff like that, but same time like you you miss the outside world too. Absolutely, and uh, I said it last week on my show with uh, Mike Sykes that I had on here that my life has not changed that much. I have not had any shutdown from work. I have not been locked up in my house. Uh, you know, go to the yeah. grocery store, try not to go too many places. I can't really go to the bars around here, especially the bar that me and my friends frequent. Uh, but I worked with uh, at-risk youth and troubled youth before, and we couldn't shut that down because we can't send them anywhere. And now I work in a shop where we make prime exercise equipment and can't shut that down really either so uh but i feel your pain because you and a lot of others have been in the same boat for a year you know not leaving the house much uh if it is for essential things you know grocery store uh you've got projects that you worked on and one of those projects that you worked on was the gps album from uh you know a friend of ours tz and swerve uh the swerve city uh podcast which you can find on the wwe network you can find on their youtube uh you were just recently a guest on there or the guest host correct yeah, yeah. Um, did a show with Terrence Ross. Uh, also did one uh, with Angelo Dawkins um, uh, the other day. That that one was wild. It just was out of nowhere. I didn't even know uh, I was doing it until I pulled up. So <laughs> right, and that's that's the great thing about Teasy. He always has something up his sleeve for everyone that's at the table. And if he puts a good word out for you in any capacity, then you are at that table. Uh, and if you're not, then well, maybe one day you'll get there. But uh for me and you i know we're at that table i know obviously you you've been involved with with him for a while uh, how long have you been involved with tz and and then swerve i i say um coming up on uh, i, I want to say we maybe got started like last may if i'm not mistaken okay uh, what happened was uh, uh tz did a interview with uh my boy floyd johnson who hosts the all things elite podcast uh, on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. And since I'm, like, the music guy, like, amongst, like, the Social Suplex folks, uh, he was like, yeah, hey, man, why don't you come on uh, and, you know, do the interview with me? And I was, like, kind of familiar with TZ's work a little bit through uh, knowing that he did the Sammy Guevara theme song. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool to talk to him, you know. And I, I heard, I think, his song about Cody that he had. Yeah. And I... Um, was just, you know, we just started talking and then we figured out we lived like 20 minutes away from each other. So, which was like crazy. So, right, small world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and after that, it was just like, uh, you know, when you know that someone has done like a lot of music and just there's something that you know, like, okay, this person's of this caliber, this person knows what they're talking about. Okay, we can jump right into like working together. It's not like, oh, okay, I got to hold your hand or something like that. But it was like, pretty much on right away and then uh is that when you met swerve or did you meet him shortly after that uh, i met swerve shortly after that so like um i had been talking with Tizi for uh probably like a month or two and then he made an introduction to swerve where swerve was uh trying to learn how to make beats originally so he was like well i know the perfect person so i was like all right um he was like yes yeah, Swerve wants to use pro tools to learn how to make beats I'm like, all right, I don't really know how to make beats and Pro Tools, but I'll figure it out, you know, to, you know, like not 
waste opportunity for per se. Sure. But that was like, okay, cool. And I gave myself a crash course in a week on how to oh, wow. uh, make tools. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a lot of great videos and stuff out there. But uh, when I linked up with Swerve, like, what I found out was, like, you know, Pro Tools was just, like, his original idea. But I put him on the FL Studio, and from there, he really got to see, like, the length that, you know, I was adept in, you know, producing an FL studio. And then one thing led to another, you know, I'm playing different beats for him. I'm, you know, essentially giving him like little assignments. Hey, why don't you try stuff like this? And, um, and then it just, uh, kind of evolved from there. We just kept talking and talking and uh, we kind of became friends after that. And, uh, you know, him and Teasy came to me and it was like, yo, we'd like you to, uh, produce, you know, our album. What, what would you think about that? And, you know, I was like, well, I'm not producing anyone else's album, so right. <laughs> you know, let, let's do it. You know, I like I like their vibe, and uh, we were all pretty cool. And um, from there, it was just like, all right, let's let's get to work. Let's try to, you know, um, I, I took off sort of my teacher hat, and I was like, all right, I'm in my creative uh, bag at this point. And I had a lot of fun, like making some of the beats, like right there in front of Swerve, and then also like letting them hear stuff I've had, and then. Uh, also working via email like we did it all different ways all right and that's sort of how you have to do it anymore and uh you know hear all like the uh like like the mainstream rappers you know oh send me this beat or i just sent you this back or you know you see it all over you know social media or any different interview that they have talking about that so that's pretty cool and especially you know i've got to know tz over the past i'd say year and a half two years coming up on two years probably uh and i talked to him before you know various times on twitter because he did justin labar's theme song back in the day for his podcast and uh no I, I was like oh that's dope like i want i need a theme song for my podcast when i launch that and you know i talked to justin quite a few times and you know he's like well i recommend tz you know got put on with that but it's cool how that all comes together like a, a how it's just weird how the world works like that because like like, through then, justin labar it was tz and then now through tz it's you and eventually it'll be swerve whenever i can get down to uh, Florida, uh, hopefully sometime this year. Uh, who knows? But uh, and it's a cool process to see, and it's always cool to talk to people who are behind the scenes of you know something that's dope. And I thought that the GPS album was one of the doper albums of the year uh, that a lot of people probably didn't know about. And I've told you this, you know, a few times, but you know, I'll say it on air that a lot of those beats, I was like, man, that's that's a crazy beat. Like, okay. And then you know, as I learned that you were doing uh, most of the the thing I was like, oh wow, like okay, like now we're really got, we have something to talk about whenever we you know right. link up and do this. And you produced all but three songs, correct? Yeah, so I did not produce all right freestyle or everything. I did produce greed, um, and I did not produce red Mike, but everything else that's coming from your boy. And and that's and that's awesome because you know they had the trust in you to make an album. And I'm glad that this song, this was like 12 or 13 tracks because nowadays albums are 22, 23, 24 songs. And I'm just like, all right, like, this half's cool, but like, all right, I'm going to go to bed now. I'm going to wake up. Oh, I'm going to listen to what I just listened to. And then it's like, all right, come on. I miss the days of, you know, the 13, 14, 15 track yeah. records. And uh, it's crazy. Like, I'll, like, uh, I'll, you know, notice someone's album comes out and they'll be like, 25 songs. I'm like, I get to track five and I'll be like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I... all <laughs> right, like, like Lil Wayne has put out, you know, a couple mixtapes or No Ceilings Three, the both sides recently, and he's my favorite artist, so I'm obviously gonna listen to that. But I feel like I was just getting through the first one. He's like, all right, here's two. And I was like, all right, well, 
here we go. I'm going to have to, you know, this find time to... But I'm glad that, you know, it was a 13, 12 or 13 track album. And like I said, it's one of the doper albums of the year. Uh, hopefully a lot of people have uh, been paying attention to it and listened to it. Uh, give them their streams and, and their flowers because, you know, TZ, if you know TZ, uh, for those listening, if you don't know him, then, you know, he's been doing this rap thing for 15 years, I think it is, somewhere around there. Uh, he's been doing the wrestling rap for about seven, I believe it is. And uh, you've heard him, if you've, if you've ever watched AEW Dynamite and Sammy Guevara has come out by himself, you've heard TZ. Uh, if you've ever listened to Wrestling Reality with Justin the Bar, you've heard TZ. But someone we didn't hear is Swerve. No, we we have all seen Swerve. If you're a wrestling fan, you're gonna see Swerve all over YouTube or all over wherever you watch indies before he signed with NXT. And uh, I was actually at his last indie event. It was the Pancakes and Pile Drivers, whatever number that was, up in New York a couple years ago for Mania weekend. And he was in a six man tag at the end. And I'd been a big fan of his before. And then he gave this speech at the end. You know, basically what Swerve is. Swerve is confidence. You know, be confident in what you do. And then to see him and TZ link up, I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. Like, yeah. you know, someone I talked to, TZ, someone I, you know, I admire from afar, uh, Swerve. And then it's like, oh, Swerve's making music. Okay. And then uh, they did, uh, they put out an album last year. Did you produce anything on the, I don't think you did, right? Nope, nothing on that one. Like, I, I kind of came into it, like, you know, finding out about their group, like, like and, and knowing that you know teasing like oh i did an album with swerve and i'm like oh, okay cool i'll check it out and then like a couple months later i was producing the second one right so, so i was like man i had like i, I liked a lot of the tracks they did i was like i think i can do you know i can bring my flavor to it and uh you know and put out some dope and i think it was dope and you even have a song on gps correct that, that's all you it's not them on there it's you you produced that and did the yeah. everything okay uh, what yep. was that like, you know, getting a, a slot on, you know, an album that is a big deal yeah. for them and, you know, it's it's a big yeah. deal for a lot of people who are fans of theirs and then here you are getting your own song that you produce and you get to write and, and spit on. Right. Uh, it was it was kind of crazy uh, because, like, I just kind of had made the song, made it at home, and I sent it over to Swerve and he was like, yo, we got to put this one out. And I was like, word? Like, <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, that's, that's cool. Like, you know, give me, uh, you know, my own song on there. And I was, you know, I, I think it was one of my better songs I've ever made because uh, I thought it would relate to a lot of people. Like, as far as, you know, how we use our phones in the modern day and um, how, you know, anxiety can grip us all. Yep. And then sometimes, whether you're bored, whether you're nervous, whether you're anxious or you just don't care about something, you pull your phone out and get lost in your world that you've set up essentially and it's like it gives you everything almost you want yeah absolutely and uh, i wrote something similar to that uh when i did the review uh for my mind on sports and uh you know that's exactly the perfect thing you know anytime something happens good bad and different you know we're gonna text someone we're gonna oh you know oh so and so to sign with a certain team or uh wwe released this guy or AEW signed this guy or Whatever it is that you're into, boom, right there. You know, we have any information we want at all times. You know, and like you said, nervous or anxious or anything. And everyone that is listening to this, I will bet any amount of money that they have done that in any situation that has come up. You know, it's just one of those things now that, you know, our phones are attached to us 24-7 for better or for worse. Uh, But that song was, uh, you know, a perfect indication of that and a perfect vibe into with the album. You know, I know you produce a lot of it, but... Uh, when I first listened to it, you know, you listen to it one time, you don't really hear things. And I heard Jay-Z say that in an interview. How can someone say this is a great album after one one listen? 
You know, you didn't get to hear all the things. You didn't listen to some of the things that were said. And I've always took that and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I've I've got, I had some of the album before a lot of people did and listened to it. I was like, all right. And then I got caught up on it and I was like, all right, yeah. And then it just vibed all together. So, you know, you're, how long have you been producing music? Um, I've been making beats since I was about, okay, since I started rapping, which was like in seventh grade, I want to say, sixth grade, seventh grade, I used to make beats on the MTV Music Generator, okay. uh, which was on PlayStation 1 uh, back in the day. Uh, those people that know, they know, and I know there are, there are people that like, early 30s uh, that definitely got their start on the PlayStation video games. Uh, Magic's, Magic's Music Maker. Um, I believe they dropped a part two of that uh, MTV Music Generator. But I would say I didn't really take off with my own production until I was like 16, I would say. That's when I got introduced to like FL Studio, which is okay. what I still use to this day. But um, I would pretty much send beats and you know production and stuff back and forth, learn how to program my boy JL who's in Atlanta shout out to him and we just you know would send stuff back and forth on MSN Messenger it's like 5am just trying to you know figure out you know how to how to sample how to do everything right and at the time it's just you know the beats just got better and better more like professional like so uh, I've been able to pretty much turn it and know it inside out at this point and uh, I've been rapping and, and my raps were always like uh I would probably say I was a rapper primarily first, and I was like, I just don't have anybody to, like, give me beats. So it was like, um, you know, I want to be self-sufficient. I want to be able to, like, record my own songs. Like, see, I got a microphone that comes down right here. I got another one over here that I actually do music with. Um, and it's like, I want to do everything myself to where I can record my music, I can make the beats, and, of course, I can rap, so... Um, it originally started with the rapping, but knowing I, I wanted to make songs, I didn't want to just be a battle rapper. So, uh, right. <laughs> uh, and it was, uh, you know, it just grew from there. And the beat slowly over time, I think, caught up uh, to the to the rhymes. And then from there, it was like, okay, yeah, I, I can do both. Like I would say, equally as well at this point. Now, what do you prefer to do? Do you like making the beats more? Do you like making the uh, the words that go with the beats? Um. Man, uh, cause it's so it's so linked for me now because it's like I, I would probably say uh, the beats because like the beats like require less. Like I'm not gonna write a song if I don't have a beat at this point. Um, there were times where I would just write verses and verses and verses when I was young and just memorize everything, but uh, that eventually like goes away. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like oh, I want I'm more interested in like making full songs, but like. Uh, the beats like I don't I'm not required to like rap or you know do anything over my own beats I can give those to other people so um, I, I would probably say making beats is something that was a long term investment I think that is paying off to where even if I don't feel like rapping which I love with all my heart I can always make beats right like a, and then with answer. those beats like you said you can just pass them off to you know anyone who you know wants them or someone like you can send a swerve and tease and be like hey I got this beat check it out see what you think and they, you know, hit you back. Oh wow, yeah, we we'll want to use this. All right, cool. Like, you know, that has to be a great feeling knowing that, yeah. uh, you know, there's people that want you for an album and not just, hey, I, I want that beat. Let me just rap over this. I'm gonna send it out to SoundCloud and, and hopefully, right. you know, whatever happens happens because, uh, you know, everyone everyone has friends that want to be rappers or are rappers or 
something of the yeah. variation. You know, we, we've all wanted to, if you're a rap music fan, you want to be a rapper at some point in your life. I mean, I did, and I, I, I could write stuff, but I can't always do it to a beat. Uh, so I'd, I'd write these raps, I guess you'd call them, in high school, you know, just dissing things and whatever. And, you know, it was funny, and but it was not something I could spit over. I'm like, ah, yeah, I probably can't record that, and I don't even know how to record that. I don't know the first thing about it. Uh, but, yeah, you know, something like that is, is really cool, and especially uh, as you get older and it's, you love it even more. So you said you started around seventh grade uh, with the PlayStation 1. Uh, I didn't have that, uh, the MTV uh, game, but I I do remember it. Uh, I don't know if any of my friends ever had it, but I do remember that. Uh, but that's pretty cool that PlayStation One, you know, mid '90s, you know, that revolutionized the mid '90s for video games. And here you are, you use that to catal as a catalyst to where you're at now with uh, your music career. That's pretty cool. Uh, so it's back, a video game system, and that's like I I know a lot of people that that started on it. So that's like a it's like a thing for a certain age. Yeah, absolutely, and you know we're uh, around the same age, so that's pretty cool. Because I know what that is. I just never used it. You know, it was never my thing. Not that I didn't like things like that. Just I was like, ah, I can't make things like that. I probably could have if I put my mind to it. But you know, when you're younger, no one tells you, hey, put your mind to this yet. You know, at least at least from our age group. Now everyone's like, hey, put your mind to that and go do it. You know, we're just experimenting with sports and and trying to get through life, and you know, but that's pretty cool. So uh, back to the GPS album. Uh, so we already talked about how that came to be, uh, which is sort of like one of those random stories in life that people don't believe until like, you know, it's actually said out loud. I'm like, oh, hey, like, okay. Cause, uh, until this, this night, until a few minutes ago, I did not know that it was just last May that you and TZ and Swerve all got together. I, for some reason thought that you and TZ went back a few years, but that's not the case, which makes it, you know, even cooler. Cause you guys hit it off. And now, you know, like I said, you were on the Swerve City podcast with them. You know, that's pretty pretty damn cool because that's it it was a dope podcast before and then with the wwe umbrella where uh more people can see it that's even you know an even doper platform to have i i wouldn't imagine nothing like that like yeah i, I just chalk it up to like swerve being a solid dude and cz definitely being a solid dude and it you know them enjoying like you know like <laughs> like the uh all the time that i spent with them is whether it's in the studio or over at swerve's crib like we pretty much like i was kind of like a third like wheel like as far as like you know everything they both want to talk about like i we can all talk get on the same level pretty much by anything rap sports the you know anything like pretty much and it, i think it was like kind of a natural thing that they uh, that they asked me on and it, it felt good to do it wasn't hard it was like yeah you know it was natural right absolutely and that's what's great about their podcast which uh, like we've mentioned you've been a guest host a couple times now um you know, it's it's not just everyone thinks it's a wrestling podcast, and a typical wrestling podcast is uh, person A interviewing person B. You know, I interviewed Rob Van Dam last year on this podcast, which was cool as hell. Asking about a whole bunch of stuff, wrestling wise, about his uh, CBD line, his Headstrong documentary. But this is a wrestling podcast, basically because it has a wrestler as a ho- as one of the guest hosts, and they have wrestlers on, but they try to talk about anything but wrestling. Which, which with the podcast, if you've been listening to podcasts since they've come out for five, five, six, seven years now, you know, Steve, Steve Austin has one, Jericho has one, uh, Bruce Pritchard has one, Eric Bischoff, the list goes on and on, and you hear the same questions over and over again. You know, so when I do things, I try to do different questions, but they have different discussions, which is about, you know, like you said, sports and rap and uh, video games. Uh, I remember the Ember Moon episode, she was all giddy about the video games because she's, you know, big into that and... 
a lot of people are, and a lot of people don't realize that from, you see these guys on TV, guys and girls on TV, oh, you know, they're wrestlers, that's all they talk about, wrestling. Well, that's not all they do, and that's what's yeah, great about that podcast, isn't it? <laughs> and you can see that in the album, too. If you know, well, you don't have to know them personally, but if you know anything about TZ and Swerve, you can see a lot of that mixed together. Like, there's a lot of uh, references, and, uh, and obviously it's a rap and hip-hop album, so that's going to correlate, number one. And then they have different references, and different flows to different beats and and so forth and so on so that's a, a cool thing so you were in studio for a lot of this so take me through some of the nights when uh you give them a beat whether you give it to them prior or you give it to them that night and something just clicks in them and they just go in that booth and just just spit whatever they spit and then they come out and they're like yeah that's yeah um so oh, probably my favorite story i would say would be how dope came to be like number seven mm-hmm. on out so i have a song uh, i produced dope and another song of mine that hasn't been released yet called get a good look at it at the same time didn't have the tracks written nothing like that i just had both beats i was like i'm gonna keep this one because i find it more like mine is like more mellow and subdued uh kind of drill style i kept that one i was like i'm definitely sending this one to swerve i sent it to him but i don't know if he heard it so we were going to the studio that weekend, and I was like, hey, man, fire this up. And I believe there is footage of this maybe on both of our Instagrams. Um, I put it on, and they just, like, start losing their mind. We all start jumping up and down the studio, like, hearing how it sounds in big speakers. And then the next time they come back, um, you know, Dope is born. I come up with the hook that's there on the end of it, like, on the spot, essentially, put it down and then TZ uh, has this like has this verse and he's like going off and so on Scott uh, Street Fighter and all this stuff and <laughs> he comes out the booth and he has this like look like he just hunted his own food and it was like oh my god like he's he's going off in there um, another uh, cool one I would say would be uh, Dance the Night Away that's probably my was, favorite song of the album it, well I don't know either of those two you just said are I go back and forth of which one. I was actually yeah. just singing uh, Dance Night Away. It just was stuck in my head randomly the other day, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. Like, no, that's why it's dope, you know. Yeah, I was talking to my, uh, to my wife the other day about Dance Night Away. I played it for her, and I told her, I described it as, like, a beat that put everything that I've learned as a producer over the years to the test. Um, with those up-tempo drums, like... the and with the laying out the BPMs, and this is nerd shit, but anybody that's a producer would <laughs> know what I'm saying here. Um, and then I worked with an actual musician on this song. Okay. Uh, shout- so Current played the guitar riff as well as the bass on the song. Um, I handled the drums and laying out some of the, the extra vocal chops that were in the song. That was, that was my portion. And then it was like, all right, structure it like this, and then drop it to like the trap version of it where I took off like the pop drums and put like you know your your normal like trap style drums with the 808s and me and uh, current worked on the 808s together and that was like we all made that together um the singer on the song uh, her name is Danielle uh I, I recorded her vocals that day um right on my laptop and then got those to the big studio and was like all right do it like this 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 and this and she was great uh, I just listened to her and was like, all right, cool. We, we got our seven takes of whatever you need. 
um, and we put the beat together all like collectively. Like it was, it was a live like kind of cookout, and it was like super easy. We sat. Uh, Current was another guy that it was kind of like how teasing was, where you, you look somebody and it's like you give them that head nod, and it's like, okay, yeah, you know what you're doing. Okay, <laughs> so, let's go. Absolutely, it's like when you describe that is you know he cooked his own food, or it instantly reminded me of Kobe Bryant. You know, when he mm. was on the court, you know, he was out to kill you. It didn't matter who you were. You could be friends off the court. Great. That's not a thing. But boom, he just came in. He's like, all right. And speaking of that, you know, there's a competitive nature in rap. Always. You no, know, especially when uh, two guys are on the same uh, record. Or in this case, you know, on all the same you know, tracks for, you know, the length of an album. How cool was that to see each of them go, you know, all right, well, he just did that. All right, I got to step my shit up and I got to. Now I gotta do something better. Or did you see them like redo verses that you know one came out like I got that one, and then someone's like, oh wait, hold on, I gotta go back in. Yeah, um, I think it was more in that case it would be like song structure, and I I owe it to I, I would say both of the guys were extremely humble in knowing who did what on a certain portion of the song. But like, okay, you should go first here. You should go. We should put you here. Uh, we should spotlight what you did here on this one. Um, on haters, I actually was on that song as well. They set me up because they knew my verse was crazy. Like they set me up, they're like, "We like we're not gonna follow that on there." And like this is gonna be you. Like at the end, like like you're gonna close it off for us. So, um, but yeah, I would I would say like with that competitive nature, like they made each other better uh, on this. I knew the like I didn't. I didn't come into the album like I wanted to be on everything. Like I was like, oh, I'll do a hook here, or, you know, I'll do a verse. Here. I definitely wanted to do haters. That's that's what I want to do for sure, because uh, I love that beat. But uh, I was like, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna kick a strong verse when I do. So I'm not gonna come with something whack. But as far as those guys, like they um, were consistently competing but collaborating. I would say. Okay, that makes sense. It's a, it's a teamwork, you know. Teamwork make the dream work. Uh, and some they had some behind the scenes stuff that uh, I fear if it was on their YouTube or on their Instagrams. It must have been on their Instagrams. Uh, but you can see that, you know, everyone. Uh, you were in a couple. It was just them two. Sometimes, you know, it was whatever. And you can see that everything looked to be working together. It was like every little piece was coming together. And uh, you just talked about how they. Uh, or you have to go last on haters and. Uh, was that a collective effort for every song of, hey, you know, Swerve should kick this one off with his verse and then I'll follow and then vice versa. Hey, Teasy, you start with this one. Swerve, you you finish this one out. Yeah, I think they um, they did a lot of them. I believe Swerve went first a lot, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, but I think the ones where um, they... I'm trying to, I'm trying to think how it goes... Uh, I, I think they did do a good job of like going back and forth, but I think Swerve started a lot of the songs, and it was just like, all right, we're gonna kick it off with the energy, and then Teasy's gonna come in because Teasy can, he's so versatile, so he can attack the song. However, and then there were, was like uh, probably my favorite Swerve verse was on Starship Enterprise. It was like I thought he got to stretch his legs off, like as you, we put in the uh, interview where it was like, all right, a lot of this stuff is normal song structure where it's like three minutes and uh two minutes 58 seconds 313 uh 317 this uh starship enterprise 538 and it was like get your bars off like and that that was my favorite uh sort of uh verse because i thought he hit it with flow i thought lyrically like he stood up like 
you know, as good as you can. Like, you know, rapping there's a cheesy, like, right there. All right, and then uh, recently they just performed live, correct? You were there for that? Yes? Yeah. yeah. Uh, where where was that? And talk about that experience real quick before we go back into, you know, the studio. Because the Starship one, he had his verse, uh, I think he put on Instagram, maybe Twitter too, uh, where he got to do that live. You know, he says he's yeah. been working on his, uh, you know, his breathing. Uh, yeah. So he can, you know, spit that all in one take. So what was that like? That Where was that? And then what was that experience like? So that was at Janus uh, Live, which is like one of the famous um, buildings in, like an outdoor building in St. Pete. And a lot of artists come through there. Uh, I, I performed there back in 2007, opened it for T-Pain. Okay. Millionaire. Um, I uh, know a lot of artists over the years have been through there. And then performing there is kind of like a rite of passage in this area. It's like, okay, you've done something. Like <laughs> when you perform there. And I think with uh, with Swerve, like that being his first uh, performance, he, he felt like he had a pressure on him because he's not just like ride, going up there as normal rapper, uh, you know, Swerve. But like, nah, this man's on national television. Uh, there are going to be people that see him that are going to judge him uh, as, you know, oh, you're a wrestler rapper. And then Swerve's like, I think how Swerve refers to it, like, nah, man, I rap. I do this. I love doing this. And uh, I wouldn't I don't think he would want to be a quote unquote wrestler rapper. Like, uh, like it's some type of gimmick or anything. So, like, uh, knowing that he's already in phenomenal condition, like, as far as, you know, being able to wrestle the way he does, and he adjusted that slightly just to uh, to do the breath control with, with, the, with the rhymes. And, you know, remembering everything you got to say is it's very difficult, and I commend him for doing that. Uh, they, I believe they performed back-to-back nights. I wasn't there the first night, but I was there the second night. And um, I was I was proud of those guys because I saw the songs from the Genesis. So All right, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the people were playing them, and then uh, just hearing you know some of the beats I made that were playing in the stadium, it was like wow, it feels larger than life at this point. All right, and like you said, uh, and they talked about it on social media too. But you just said you know it's like you've done something once you've uh, you know done, you know performed here, and you can see in their energy, uh, you can hear their energy in songs, and if. If you don't know what I mean by that, for those of you listening, then you're probably not into rap music that much or into hip hop because you can hear their energy. It's different than any other genre of of, mm-hmm. any, of music. You can hear that energy. Like you can hear pain in other songs, but you can hear the whole energy and you know jumping up and down the studio like you were talking about earlier. You can hear that you know in certain verses, and then to have that live, you know, so especially at a place like that, I'm sure you had to be you know happy as hell because those are your beats and you work directly with them and just like, Hey, those are my guys. Those are my beats. They're just killing this shit right now. Like, let's yeah. go. Like, yeah, it was fire. Man. Like, uh, shout out to Swerve Teeth. And, uh, now, like I said earlier, Teeth has been doing this a while and he's a different beast when it comes to rapping. Like I've heard him rap on various different things. You know, he has different, uh, different projects he's put out. He does, you know, different theme songs and, uh, it's all been dope. I've never found a song I didn't like of his. Even if I don't like the subject matter, like I'm not a big Sammy Guevara fan. Not, we'll, we'll get into wrestling later, but I'm not big into ADW, but I, I will tune in if I know Sammy Guevara is going to be on. I'll tune in just so I can hear that and be like, all right, that's dope. That, that's teasy. That's my guy. Like, uh, you know, He's helped me out tremendously and vice versa you know, behind you know, social media where no one can see it. 
you know, so I appreciate that. And then with Swerve, you know, like we talked about, he's a, this international, oh, I guess international wrestler, yeah, because he, you know, wrestled all over the world before, uh, kind of, now he's on national television, uh, if not every week, then two, three times a month, uh, and then he comes with this energy, and the energy, you can just feel that, and it's just dope to see that, you know, TZ's been doing this rap thing, and then he got into wrestling, with the wrestling rap, and he was doing different things, and then Swerve did the wrestling, and then, and like you said, he's not a wrestle rapper, and I had uh, Rated R on uh, last season, and he wouldn't define himself as a wrestle rapper either, he just raps to wrestling, and incorporates wrestling, which, you know, I, I understood that more as we talked in that conversation, but Swerve isn't one of those... All right, well, I'm a wrestler who raps. So I'm a wrestler, you know, X amount of time. But when I'm not wrestling, I'm rapping. Right. You know, like a lot of wrestlers like you think would do that. You know, if they're going to sit and, and get in the booth and, you know, record anything. Hey, I'm going to talk about my experience in the ring. And Swerve's yeah. completely different than that. Which That's why I appreciate more of his, uh, his music and his verses. Because it's not just, oh, you know, I come and hit a 450 splash. Or I come and, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. You know. So like I, I'm glad you said that that you know a lot, he had a lot of pressure on himself because I feel everyone has to have self pressure uh, you know because there's gonna be pressure from outside people but that's just whatever but if you put the pressure on yourself like all right I can I can do this and I'm going to boom and like you say he's not a wrestle rapper he he wrestles that's his main profession but then he also raps the two are separate but at the same time they link together in a way and uh, you know that's dope to see and then. Yeah. Uh, Moving forward, is there anything in the works for another album where you are going to be producing them or any tracks that they're going to be featuring any projects of yours coming up? We have already started working on new stuff. Uh, can't really say what it is yet, but uh, I've definitely gotten like some, uh, I've definitely sat with Swerve and he's told me about, you know, new style of beats he wants to, you know, try to get on. And I'm like, all right, I got you. I got, I can't, I can make this. I have stuff like this. So like, there's something, there's nothing concrete, but it's like it's already happening. Right, <laughs> absolutely. I get what you're saying. Can't give you know too yep. many details without, uh, you know, being smoothed over and everything. I get that. Um, yeah. So how often do either of them hit you up and say, "Hey, you got a new beat for me. I, I need something to do tonight." Uh, I, I would say uh, TZ reminds me regularly if there's anything that I have to throw towards him, he'll he'll take with open arms, and I, I often just will. Bless his email with something. I'm like, hey, man, check, check what you did. We'll send there real quick. And then he'll send me the song back. I'm like, oh, there it is. There's another one laughing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's quite often then. Is that both yeah. of them or is it just easy? Uh, I would say, I would say it's easy. If I'm listening to Gotcha. Uh, and then we've talked about you producing. You've been producing since the PlayStation 1 days. Uh, are there any producers that you, uh, I guess, look up to or are inspired by? Um, yeah, I would probably say, um, like, I definitely would have said in the earlier days, like, all the sample and stuff, like, uh, like Just Blaze, Kanye West, uh, Juicy J, even, like, his use of, like, samples with, like, uh, like, the Southern Style Hip Hop drums. Um, I would probably say Dr. Dre, of course. And, like, uh, Dip, Diplomats, uh, producer of the Heat Makers. Uh, they did, like, a lot of like, stuff I loved back in the day. And, uh, even, you know, forward, forward to the modern era. Gotta say, Lysol Hunger. Um, 
gotta say uh, something like uh, like Michael made it. I think um, I like Russ's uh, production. You know, I think it's very firm, smooth, and clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started doing a lot of original beats, I was like, all right, how do I make my instrument sound as clean as I can? I think production's like really good in that sense. Okay. Um, are there any? How do I word this? Are, are there any rappers that you've sent beats to that they've sent back? You know, a verse on that. You know, hey, you can't put this on anything, but you know, here, take this. <laughs> I haven't, unfortunately. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's something to try to land. You know, folks, but uh, I'm sure it is coming. I'm sure it is too. Uh, you know, just hearing just this album alone, and then you have a YouTube uh, page where you uh, break down beats. You know, whether it's beats that you made for this the album that we've been talking about, or just other beats in general. Uh, so, what made you decide to do that? I guess it's a peek behind the curtain type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always like seen, enjoyed watching other people's processes, and I was like, well, why not document mine? And I started pretty much studying how to do a YouTube channel, like, you know, what type of, what do you need for lighting, what do you need for sound, and so I can do it to the best, like, of my ability, and I thought, you know, the coolest thing would be to where I could play music for people, but have it going directly to the camera, like, not, like, it's not loud, so I want them to hear what I hear, and a lot of those, um, beat breakdown videos, um, I'll do those to show my process, and just get, you know, the people that I'm a fan of, uh, people like Ross, people like uh, uh, J. Cole, like Drake, Logic, uh, people that I've seen like in, in the studio before and stuff, I've always just like been drawn to that. And I'm like, you know, I want to, you know, I believe my fans, the people that will like what I do, will probably like some of the stuff that I like. So, like, if I can give them a look into what my creative process looks like or what I do, messed up verse. Because I don't just show the uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the times where you get it right. Right. Fuck it up too. So and I think that's kind of daring in a way. And um, I think uh, you know I I've wanted to do this for a while and then I never really like figure it out uh, how I wanted to present it. But now I'm just like a little bit more looser and I'm you know getting better. And eventually, like I, I think it'll take off. Yeah, I think it's a dope thing. I, I'm like you. I like seeing processes of things. I like seeing how, uh, like, back when Lil Wayne was just tearing up everything that he touched. You know, I still think he does. But you know, back when it was just any time that any new song came out, you can expect within a month Lil Wayne's on that and like, all right, well, I'm gonna kill that. Sorry. And he was always in the booth. And they have different documentaries out, and they have different you know YouTube videos. But his his energy in the one booth. Bus. He has a on a bus. Oh yeah, on the bus. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, seeing stuff like that is cool. Like, like, I feel a lot of times with celebrities, people are enamored with what they do. You know, it's cool that, you know, if they want to take us behind the curtain, you know, or breaking the fourth wall, you know, CM Punk once said on, on wrestling, breaking the fourth wall and, you know, giving you behind the things and things you're not supposed to know. Uh, but, like, I don't care where they go out to eat with their with their families. I don't care what they do with their families. I don't, you know, that that's not what I care about. That's not what I'm, like, I'm happy that they're doing stuff with their family. And if they, you know, post pictures or, you know, post videos and, you know, okay, cool. But I want to see, like, when Lil Wayne goes in the booth. You know, I liked when Teasy and Swerve were doing that, too, on Instagram. They'd be like, all right, we're in the booth tonight for, 
know this, and, and one of them will record the other one. You couldn't hear it because you're obviously in the booth, and you know that's not yeah. out loud. But you can see them going going nuts on a thing, and that's cool to me. I like seeing processes like that. Uh, there was, I think, a couple years ago on Twitter, someone was talking about process of writing. I'm a writer, and uh, my process is very simple to me. Uh, it might not be simple to you. You might not. You might take that and be like, all right, well, I'm gonna twist this. And I hope someone used that and took it and did their own thing with it, or copied the same thing. It doesn't matter to me. It's not like there's one set way. But you know, I get an idea in my head, and then I get, I get a legal pad. I've always written on legal pads for some reason. I have a bunch of these filled up, a bunch, and. So I, I always have this process, I'll put the date and the time of when I'm starting it, whatever website it is for, and then the title at the top, and then I'll go through and brainstorm. And then over the years, I've realized that brainstorming, I, I like to do the brainstorming, but I'll do that in my head and then put on paper how I want it to look when you read it. When If I said, hey, here's a link to this, go read this. All right, cool. You read it, that's how I want you to see it. And I, I just do it that way, and a lot of people are like, why would you do that? Well, that's my process. That's just what I have done. And it, it's cool that, you know, seeing process, like seeing the beats, like I don't know how to make a beat, but I can get a better understanding seeing someone like you do it or break down, hey, I, I fucked up here. So, you know, don't do this, do, you know, the opposite of what I just did. Or here's where, you know, I did something really cool. I, I think it's cool. And then, you know, you can see that here. You know, so th I think that's really going to take off once uh, more people know who you are and get a uh, better understanding. So hopefully something like this can uh, get more viewers to that. And it's it just Rich Lotta on... Yeah, just Rich Lotta um, on YouTube. Uh, you might see, like, a different channel, I think, that I have, where I have, like, some video game stuff, but there's another one. It's, like, a purple channel. Like, if you click on it, uh, it's, like, a purple background. And, that's, and like I said, that's dope. And so hopefully if you're listening to this, you can go check that out. Uh no, I'm sure he'll appreciate the views, and if you're on there, hit subscribe, uh, leave a comment or two if you if you like something. Uh, like I said, he goes and breaks down beats that he's made, especially for GPS. If you're a fan of the GPS album, which if you're not, I don't know what you've been doing with your life. Also, um, for that, there's another uh, there's Starship Enterprise one that's coming next. Okay, that'll be cool. Cause yeah, so that's, I, I thought I had lost the session, so that's why I hadn't done it so far, and then I went through my batch of beats again. Just, you know, seeing what I had in there, and I came across it, I was like, yes. Because I, I definitely wanted to break this one down, especially after hearing it at um, uh, Janice. Right, and uh, now that's the, the theme song for the Swerve City podcast on the WWE Network, uh, which that's crazy to me still. I know it's crazy to them, you know, talking to TZ. It's crazy that, you know, they have this YouTube thing. It was, it was a vision from, I think it was Swerve's idea originally, and then him and TZ were just... You know, had the, did their thing, and then they have different people come on, and then all of a sudden, here it is on the WWE Network. I'm like, whoa, like, you know, TZ told me that. He's like, yo, I got something to tell you. I was like, what's up? And he's like, you know, obviously don't tell anyone, which I obviously I didn't. You know, we're going to be on the WWE Network soon. I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean you're on the WWE Network? I thought, you know, they might have been doing, like, a profile on Swerve for NXT, and, you know, he might have been there. No, it was a whole show, and I was like, oh, that's dope. Like, you know, that's, yeah. even, that's even cooler. Uh, and then I think I've talked with you about this. So... You have been with Swerve and TZ in the studio and, you know, breaking down uh, what what they're saying or what they said or, you know, whatever the beat. Uh, have you done that with Swerve with wrestling, too? Have you got to sit down with Swerve and be like, all right, well, you know, obviously you can pick his brain because you're like, hey, why did he do that? And Swerve like, well, mm -hmm. boom, boom, boom. Yeah, so, like, I talk to Swerve about wrestling almost all the time now. 
Um, like we're, whether we're DMing with each other on various platforms, we're sending each other gifts like, like, oh, this was tight, or what went wrong here, or can you believe this, or something like that. And I've actually I've gotten to, like lots of matches with Swerve and seeing his perspective on uh, a lot of stuff, and it's it's funny to, to hear like a wrestler break down because I'm like, oh man, like here I am just like enjoying the match, liking it, you know, whatever. Right. He's like, he did this, 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 and this, and I'm like. Man, I ain't even catch that, bro. Like, <laughs> right? That, that, that's something that one day I hope to sit with him and you know, I don't care if it's his matches, I don't care if it's classic matches, I don't care if it's the current yeah. thing that's on, you know, whatever's on TV that day. You know, I want to sit and see, and and he's not the only one. There's a bunch that I want to sit down and be like, all right, well, just talk. Like when they do those uh, the podcasts, like the watch alongs. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, it was Stone Cold and Bret Hart did it, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they're talking about. It. I was like, that's cool. And then I think I, like I said, I talked to you about that with Swerve, and now you're sitting here like, "Oh, this is a dope match." I'm like, "Oh, well, he just did this, this, and this, and he shouldn't have done that." <laughs> oh, what do you? Why, why shouldn't he have done that? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a that's a dope uh, thing to to be able to yeah, do. It's, it's crazy because then I look over, I'm like, "Yeah, man," I'm like, "This this is Swerve." Like, it, I'm like, you know, I, I have my own podcast, and I host with my boy James, and you know, we cover like pretty much. Uh, like AEW, NXT, like Stardom, New Japan, stuff like that, and um, like this guy is if you drop the talent pool, all write it down on paper, like he's among the top. So like, absolutely, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, I could just you know hit him up and be like, hey, what you think? It is like, and he'll like you know hit me with the real. Right now, I don't have that type of relationship with him yet. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with me not meeting him. Uh, but I've talked, I've had him as a friend as. Uh, his actual name on Facebook for like three years now. Somehow, I have no idea how that came to be, and I was just like, "Oh, okay." You know, so I've talked to him here and there, and I sent him the uh, the GPS review. You know, to make sure to I sent it to you and him and to TZ all just to make sure before I put it out that there was nothing I got wrong uh, in terms of, like the things that I said, not of my review, but just things that I was like, "I oh, just check this over," and then all three of you guys, are like, "Oh, that's dope." Yeah, you know, put that out. And, you know, seeing that from someone like him and then TZ and then you said it was dope, I was like, oh, that, okay, I must be doing something right. This is dope. Like, you know, because I don't, I don't do a lot of music reviews. That's just not my MO. Uh, I used to do some. I, I remember I did uh, Meek's Dreams and Nightmares. And then mm-hmm. uh, for a site I used to write for, and someone commented, like, oh, this is basically, like, you liking the album. I was like, well, yeah, I, lo- I love the album. Like, that's basically my <laughs> review of it. It's not like a, well, he, you know, did this, this, and this at this point. That was my review of it. It's, you know, that's a great album. It was a great album to me. I think it still is. I, I haven't listened to it in a while, but, you know, stuff like that is just... It was on my YouTube channel also, like, people I like, so, you know... Right, didn't you just do something about uh, breaking down Jay-Z songs, but you did different... Or you made a made a song or something with different pieces of the uh, Black album? Is that right? Or am I getting that wrong? I didn't... Uh, okay, what I did was uh, I used, like, a Drew Hill acapella. And I made like a, I made a new beat around it, uh, but as far as like the album reviews, I think I have like uh, like Russ's EP Chomp. I think I have a Logic uh, review where you know just keep it honest. Like I didn't I didn't particularly love the album, but I was like, here's where I thought it fell short. Like here's some of the subject matter where I think he's you know not going the right way, and then he corrected it by his next album, which was like pretty amazing. Um, I think I have a Bang the Stallion one on there too. It's pretty interesting. So. And album reviews are their own, like, you know, because I, I think uh, the fans of that artist definitely want to check that stuff out, 
But then there are people that hate those artists too, and it's like, well, did they did they kill them like I did? So it's it's a weird thing. It's sort of like that in pro wrestling too. You know, there's yeah. uh, we'll get that here shortly. Like they had the Wednesday night wars, the the wars. I'll put that in quotations. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's not. A lot of people when it started, it was oh, it's gonna be like just like WCW WWE. It's gonna be no, this isn't. Well, it's not anything close to that. You know, I know a lot of them were friends back in the day too. But like now, like AEW and WWE. No, no matter what, you know, if you put WWE main roster and then NXT, there's so many that are intertwined because they're friends. You know, it, it's not like this big war, like, oh, you know, F you guys. Like, you know, it might be like, oh, F you, I'm going to put on a better match than you next week. Or, But it's not like the war that I think a lot of fans want. But that, what you just said about, you know, people that hate these artists want to come back. Oh, is he saying the same thing I am? Is he hate, yeah. does he hate Meg Thee Stallion for whatever reason like I do? Oh, wait, what? He's breaking down her, her album and... He's actually liking some of it. What is this? Right, right. What is this? You know, yeah, it's you know, that's, the whole thing. And so normally I start off with uh, my guests. I let them win the coin toss. Uh, but I wanted to get into music first. I wanted to just get that. Uh, but for this part of the coin toss, we'll either talk about uh, wrestling first or we'll talk about sports, like you know, like pro sports first. So whatever one you want to talk about, that's where... Oh, I mean, we, we already talked about the wrestling. We might as well talk about the wrestling. Awesome. So... Uh, who are some of your favorite all-time wrestlers before we get into like current oh. stuff? Um, I'd probably say uh, Kenny Omega, Daniel Bryan, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, um, Kota Ibushi, Tomohiro Ishii, um, trying to think, someone from the old, old days that I like. Uh, I like Jake the Snake Roberts a lot, too. Okay. Dope psychology, one of the yeah. best you know uh, psychology people ever. You know he has a snake coming in. Right, it, just awesome. So are you? Before I ask this next question, are you a Brett guy or a Sean guy? Okay, complicated answer. Growing up all through my life, I was a Sean guy when I was younger, um, and when I was a kid, just super spectacular, flat But I always loved Brett too. When I was a kid, and as I've gotten older, studying more like about. A, like the history of like business and looking out how everything you know broke down with them like I switched and became a Brett Garth huh. guy in life and it was like I, I was like well they Brett became the champion first he was he was better as a champion he the company was stronger under him huh. they <laughs> like and I think his style of wrestling I don't think got eclipsed as easily as Sean's did for me. Like, because, like, Sean's, like, whole thing was how spectacular he was. I feel like there are guys that have come along that are, like, you know, they, they blow him away, like, athletically. Like, and that's not to say, like, you know, Sean wasn't a great athlete or anything. It's just, like, you know, dudes do more now, study more. But I feel like Brett, like, the in the essence of the easiest way to do pro wrestling and structuring matches, and a big thing that I saw was when they dropped that lost tape of him and Tom McGee. Okay. And from the 80s, and I was like, yo, you can put Brett in any era with any wrestler, I think, and he's going to figure it out. Like, he can he can wrestle at the, like, the high-end, top level. He can carry green people. He's a lot easier to work with. Like, he was, like, super safe. Like, he, you didn't have half the problems that you had, like, with Sean in a lot of cases. Um, 
Except, you know, that one time, but, you know, I felt like it's kind of justified when you start, like, when you start digging into it, it's like, I, I don't know, man, like, you tell that guy from Canada, from that family that takes this thing as a shoot, that you're never going to do a job for him, and you expect him to drop the gun, oh, no, this is a, a line has been crossed, so. <laughs> yeah, your, your first answer, I love, your second answer breaks my heart, you know, because I'm, I'm a Sean guy through and through, and. Uh, you know, maybe one of these days, me and you will get on here and, uh, you know, debate that, you know, but it's, it's sort of like one of those debates, like you just ask someone, Hey, are you a Brett guy or Sean guy? And it used to be a debate. It used to be, I, I could, if I wanted to, I could debate that with you for the next four hours and just be like, well, you know, but that's not what we're here for. I, you know, I just like getting perspectives, but you know, I could, that Sean's my guy. Sean's forever going to be my guy. Uh, he was one of the first people that I was drawn to. I mean, I was a Hulk Hogan fan early I think because my mom and my cousin, uh, then like, even before all of his nonsense that happened a few years ago, uh, where I really despise him now, uh, I was really starting to grow old of him. Uh, initial W or NWO, I was like five. Uh, it was cool. I was like, oh, Hulk Hogan's a bad guy. What is this? Like, you know. So obviously, you know that yeah. hooks that hooks a lot of people. I hate Hogan when I was a kid when I was watching WCW. Like, but it was for like stupid stuff. I'm like, he never wrestles on Nitro. Like, right. It, it, like stuff like that like i hated him and i hated when he was like wrestling roddy piper because it took me until i was like in my teens to appreciate roddy piper (laughs) yeah i'm I'm not really a big piper fan you know i and going back some of the shit i'm like oh piper's dope here and then other shit i'm like huh i don't know maybe not maybe so i hated it was like old timers that uh and for then it seemed like they're way older like they're the same age now that some of the top guys in wwe and AEW are and it's just like did they really seem that old back then, or you know, maybe because I was, you know, you know yeah. six, seven, eight like, years old? Started their careers, like so, like I, I think the guys now, like we've seen them, like right, these years of them. Yeah, so. we've grown up with them. Uh, now, before we get moving into other like current talks of wrestling, who was the first wrestler that you were drawn to as a kid and got you hooked on wrestling? I would probably, so the first um, show that I ever saw as a kid was Starcade 95, uh, which was WCW versus New Japan. So, unfortunately, um, <laughs> the opening match <laughs> was Chris Benoit versus Jusen Thunder Liger. So right away, I liked smaller, faster guys that were doing athletic stuff. There was also another match on that card. It was Eddie Guerrero versus Shinjiro Otani. Amazing match. Um, and then Ric Flair was also on that show, and yep. I was like, "He's a 13-time champion." I had I didn't know, right? Like, like he's just so great. But like, they just told me how great he was, and I was instantly sold. I was like, "This old guy," but then like I saw him, and I'm like, "He's fucking, he's he's incredible!" Like just like the way he would talk and all that. So I would probably say between Ric Flair, the Otani and Eddie Guerrero match, also Shawn Michaels versus Owen Hart, like two months later at In Your House. Okay. Um, because I had like the illegal cable box back then, yep. and those views I remember watching dozens of times. Starcade '95 and In Your House, Raging the Cage. Um, so I'd probably say those four matches. So it was Benoit Liger, Shinjiro Tani, um, versus Eddie Guerrero, Ric Flair in a triangle match with Savage and Sting, uh, or excuse me, with Luger and Sting, and then like Shawn Michaels and uh, Owen Hart. Okay, I watched dozens of times. Yeah, I was I was hooked early because I'm big into like lights and pageantry and stuff. So like Christmas lights, I'm real big into. But then they had these 
you know, all these lights on wrestling. I'm like, oh, what's that? Like, you know, and then I, my, my mom and my cousin watched it, and then I took off from there. That was just my thing. You know, first, you know, they got me into Hulk Hogan because that was who my mom grew up watching, and you know, he was the big deal in the 80s. But then there was something about Shawn Michaels. I was like, that's my guy. Like, I want to see him. I don't care if he's a good guy. I don't care if he's a bad guy. I don't care what he's doing. That's who I want to see when. Then ever since then, I was hooked. You know, watched watched it since I was probably like two or three, maybe even younger. I'd probably say younger. But I remember, uh, like one of like the raw set with all the different colors on the when they come out. Like it was like all the different LED lights on the the thing they came out. That was so cool to me. And then WrestleMania nine, a lot of people hate that. I love that pay-per-view because it's one of like my earliest memories. I don't know if my family bought it or if one of my friends' families bought it and I just watched it there, but I was like, Oh, that's so cool. It's outside and all this, you know, uh, Bobby Heenan's coming out on an elephant or a camel or something. And, you know, the undertaker comes down with his uh, crow with a a terrible match with John Gonzalez. But you know, that whole match, I was like, Oh wow. Like this is awesome. Uh, so, uh, you talked about Kenny Omega earlier and you talked about Daniel Bryan. Are there any others that are currently that, you know, that you'll stop what you're doing or you'll go out of your way to watch a certain match of theirs? Young Bucks, for sure. Okay. Uh, I, I think they're just like, uh, I just start laying a resume down on paper and it's like crazy. You think about it, um, all the great matches, the, the, basically inventing another way to get over uh, or I wouldn't say inventing it because there were YouTube channels before them, but their YouTube channel, like, and how they cultivated a whole fan base off of it with Raw, I think, is Hall of Fame worthy in itself. Um, uh, even uh, people that I've, like, lately, like, discovered this uh, through being in the quarantine this past year, um, I started, like, going back and uh, watching and, and putting some of the stuff together that I never got to see. Uh, so Kenzie Kobashi is like a god among gods uh, of wrestling. And Aja Kong, mm-hmm. uh, who, who actually will be in the tournament in AEW, so I'm very happy to see her. But uh, her about like 25 years ago, anything she was doing, it, it can be on top right now. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, it's weird how that works. Like, there's some people that... Uh... No, like like Aja Kong's coming to the AEW Women's Tournament. Uh, I think that starts this week or next. Something like I said, I don't yeah. keep up with AEW all that much. It's not my cup of tea. But you know, I'm not gonna. You know, if if other people like it, great. More power to them. I used to try and get in battles with people, and then it just was got too much. And I'm like, all right. But that's pretty cool that like Aja Kong is like. A lot of people might not know who that is until they see her on, uh, you know, whatever show it is that, whether it's Dynamite or Dark or. Uh, I think they said a lot of it's going to be on YouTube. Yeah, I think the Japanese matches are going to be on YouTube. Okay, so that that I makes think. a lot more sense because, you know, they can't stream those live, obviously. Uh, okay. But, you know, I've seen Aja Kong a few times over the years, and I'm just like, oh, I, you know, that chick's a badass. Like, oh, shit. And then now, like, a whole new group of people are going to get to see that, like a whole new generation, and it's going to be like... And now we have, you know, YouTube we can, and the Internet. We can just Google, hey, Aja Kong matches. There's going to be 50 matches that come up, and then... So hopefully that is something that, you know, younger generations, like, younger than us can go and be like, oh, well, these people were dope. Like, there's a lot of people that, that even... the WWE and AEW has signed that were really dope on the indies, but just weren't heard of, because, yeah. uh, you know, for whatever reason, like, Eddie Kingston's a big one. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big yeah. fan of Eddie Kingston. I, I got onto him, like, 
two, maybe three years ago, I started seeing some stuff about him. Like, who's this guy? And then I was watching, and I was like, okay. And then he, when he was talking, that's when I was like, oh, okay. You know, so I, I, I've watched some. I was actually watching something earlier on Pluto TV on the Impact Channel. It was uh, LAX and something. They were in like a street fight up in Ontario or something. And then at the end, Eddie Kingston's like talking shit to Conan, like, oh, you're just an old dog, you're just an old bitch. And I was like, man, I haven't seen that before. Like, okay. And there's people like that. And like, uh, for a long time, if you didn't know, if you weren't a wrestling head, you were just, just say you watched his WWE because that was the only show in town, you might not have known who AJ Styles was. But then, you know, he comes, I think it was five years ago, and, you know, everyone knew who he was and knows who he is now. But those are the, like, the TNA years. If you weren't a wrestling head, then you're probably not going to know who AJ Styles is. If you just watch, you know, the WWE, Monday Night Raw, whatever night of the week SmackDown was on at the time, you're not going to know right. who that is. But someone like me, and I'm sure someone like you, and you know, a lot many people like us, AJ Styles. That's he was my next Shawn Michaels. You know, it was just like, oh. Then there was that rumor they were going to have that match at Rumble a couple years ago. Didn't happen, but you know, it is what it is. So when you are, I, I know you're not really big in the WWE. Is it the main roster or NXT or all of it? I would primarily say the main roster because I will watch NXT stuff. I think a lot of the NXT stuff like has been not as good since they've like you know I think Triple H is a little spooked like as far as like some of the hot shotting stuff and uh, someone like Rhea Ripley I think just tragically mishandled this past year. Um, but pretty much I keep it to, to AEW like. Based on time, a lot of the times, like, yeah, I got time for one show. Um, I'm a huge, like, fan of, like, Kenny Omega and the Elite. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm probably going to watch Down. Right. Uh, but main roster, I, I, like, main roster is a lost cause. I think NXT always has, like, something like, I'll check it out if I hear it's, like, you know, dope or something. But, right. like, I'll always watch the takeovers. I'll always watch, like, even pay-per-views, like, in the main roster. Mm-hmm. I'll watch every main roster pay-per-view. But, like, week to week. I think what broke my will on the main roster was covering from SummerSlam 2018 to like the month after WrestleMania 35 and writing that stuff down in meticulous notes. Like I was hosting a podcast for Lords of Pain, uh, which is WrestlingHeadlines.net, and it was a Raw and SmackDown review with my boy James. And I covered the Raw side, and it was just like, I hate this show like <laughs> so i was like and this was like the, the big baron corbin push this was them trying to get people to boo becky lynch when everyone wanted to cheer becky lynch okay uh, this was you know at the post wrestlemania where they started doing the thing where they couldn't wrestle between commercial breaks like it was yeah that was like, stupid that yeah, was definitely I was stupid like, oh, man like, like and it was just a time suck i was like yo three hours every night writing meticulous notes, then doing the podcast for it. And then when that podcast ended, I was like, I'm done with the main roster. Like watching week to week. And I had been watching since like 2011, like as far as like being back into it as an adult. Sure. Um, yeah. But like NXT, like I, I had followed a lot closer than that, but you know, the whole, the whole thing, like, of you know, uh, you know, them going head to head, like I'm probably going to watch it. All right. Quick. And you know, like we talked about earlier, I referenced earlier, the Wednesday night wars, and you know, again, I'll put wars in quotations because you know the guys on either side aren't trying to put the other one out of business. They, the guys, the guys and girls in NXT, and the guys and girls in AEW want them to put on the best show and be able to feed their families and you know t- 
take home the most money and you know stay healthy and have a, a longevity of a career and and all that. But for fans, it's sort of fun. You know, it was fun at the initial talks. You know, it's going to be a war, and then. I'm so sick of hearing about ratings, and and I and I'm a, a WWE slash NXT homer. That's I'll put the company hat on. Uh, I did that on an episode. Don't try this at home radio. Back when they had a show, we put company hats on. We were all WWE, you know. And and there's some AEW stuff I, I I like. There's some guys and girls that I like. I like Swole a lot. I like Britt Baker a lot. Uh, it's just not for me. Uh, if I see if I hear something dope, I'll go watch it. Like the uh, uh, Kenny Omega Phoenix or a Phoenix match. You know, something like that I'll go watch. Or if there's, like, a dope promo. Uh, like, a lot of times, Eddie Kingston, like I said, I'm a big fan of his. Mainly, it's NXT, and I'll watch... I don't always watch SmackDown because I'm always home. Uh, so, even though that's the better of the two main roster shows. Uh, but the the war, you know, it, it's, it's just getting out of hand a little bit, you know. And I, I agree with some points. Like, there's no way... If AEW didn't come to TNT on Wednesday nights... NXT would still be on the WWE Network every Wednesday night, and it wouldn't be live. So I get that. But there's also the argument of, oh, they're just doing this for ratings. Which I, I hate hearing ratings anymore because it doesn't make sense because it's all about a demo. If the networks were so upset with these companies for no ratings, no deals wouldn't be had. Like, WWE wouldn't just sign a, a billion-dollar deal with Peacock. I know it's mainly for the network. Uh, but NBC Universal is not giving them money, you know. TNT is gonna is not ever gonna kick off uh, AEW, uh, no, because they don't have a million viewers. But mm-hmm. you know, so like everyone's doing this for the ratings. Which why would you not do whatever you can to get the highest rating possible? You know, like why wouldn't you have uh, not necessarily every week, but why wouldn't you have a high profile Kenny Omega match one to one or two times a month, and then the opposite times when he's not wrestling, you know, have the Young Bucks on, or have a big Cody match, or have a big insert whatever you want. They're the same thing with NXT. You know, Balor hasn't wrestled a lot because of his jaw because he got hurt. Uh, he's still, now he's hyping up the Pete Dunne match. But why wouldn't you have, you know, hey, it's going to be Pete Dunne and versus Adam Cole tonight. Okay, like that. Uh-huh. Or, hey, we're going to have Edge on tonight because he just won the Rumble and he might face Finn Balor or whoever the champion is. Why wouldn't you do that? For either <laughs> show. Why wouldn't either show put out the highest loaded show they possibly can? Can you answer me that? Um, I think there's definitely a strategy into it because, like, what comes along where I think you, historically people get in trouble is, like, when they start hot-shotting it. Then, like, they're just trying to book every hot thing they can possible. Um, so I think there's, like, a natural way to, like, set these things up where they play out over time. Like, okay, like, you know, a month from now we've got these guys coming. And then, you know, you build to that match. And then yeah, you make it worth it. And I think there are obviously two, like, different businesses because i would say um aw is running like kind of a traditional wrestling business to where they're still building the pay-per-view but obviously the primary money is in tv right and well nxt like is on a network to where like uh like the usa network is gonna like bend to the whims of whatever wwe wants to do and also nxt is like not like if it fails it doesn't matter um because they're insulated from tv money till like what 2000 like four or five years right whatever and they're they're running on a network so um if i was nxt i would just hot shot everything because it literally doesn't matter (laughs) but and you know your goal is to like put a dent in them but uh, in aw's case i think you have to play it smarter kind of like they have and it's like all right 
every couple months, every month and a half, every two months, there's like a, there's like a mini special. We got four big shows and we're just rotating like dudes. So I think they kind of run a more traditional, like territory style pro wrestling show to where, uh, you're building for big shows. They're trying to peak NXT. Like, I don't know sometimes because like sometimes they're building for the show in between. Sometimes they're building big for the takeovers mm-hmm. and you know, you just don't know. So. I think to uh, contrast that, I think it ties in together. I think NXT does a great job of way better than the main roster of, uh, you know, all right, so we're going to have this match for the number one contender. What, you know, wrestler A, wrestler B. Winner faces Finn Balor at uh, TakeOver or one of their many specials that they do. And uh, I think they, uh, you know, do a good job of keeping that there and keeping the storyline. That, to me, is what, like, it reminds me of the wrestling that, like, when we were kids growing up. Like, all right, so these two are going to fight for a title shot. Winner goes on to face so-and-so at, no, next week's Raw, two weeks Raw, King of the Ring, whatever pay-per-view it is that, you know. And then I think NXT does a good job of calling audibles because some of their guys get hurt, you know. And then they had the COVID outbreak uh, sometime last year. I think it was September maybe. Uh, some people weren't able to be on the show, so they had to, you know, pull. I think that's where they have strengths. Uh, I'm trying to be more open towards AEW. I'm not going to sit there and watch it every week, uh, but I'm trying to be more open to it and see it from a different perspective. Uh, it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy because I've been in a lot of, you know, arguments with people about uh, why. Like, that's what I'm I don't know. Like, I, if you're online, I would say, and this this is to anyone listening, and you're, you know, arguing about wrestling, it's like, know who you're arguing with. Right. Know where they're coming from. You can save yourself a lot of time. Yeah, that, that's very true. And, and I've, tried to get myself to that mentality i'm like all right you know a lot of people are like oh why why are you getting so you know upset about just wrestling well it's not just wrestling to me wrestling is one of my passions since i've been like i said two or three years old and it's something that i've loved ever since then like when you love something you're passionate about it you're gonna fight for that thing like uh Mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about sports a little bit anything kobe bryant related i'll fight to the death about you know i and uh you know anything with the the Lakers or the Brown or any of my favorite sports teams or anything I'm really passionate about, like writing. I'm going to fight for that, whatever I see. Oh, there we go. Yeah, this is my mouse pad. Oh, that's it's awesome. Like, it's like the 824 joint. So, we'll, we'll get to sports in just one second because I know you're a big Lakers fan like me. But if you could book five five uh, matches for, up to, I guess up to five matches. It doesn't have to be exactly five, but uh, you get... A match from, uh, you can pick an NXT match, an AEW match, or any sort of, you know, mixture of all of them. AEW, NXT, New Japan, Impact, and I want to say the main roster in total, not just Raw or SmackDown. You can get five matches, and you can intertwine them, or you can just have, and just a one show, boom, here's what. Which maybe down the road we'll get something like that. I, I don't think so with WWE until maybe Vince passes, but... <laughs> you know, until Triple H takes over, who knows? I don't know, but they're not in the business of playing with others. Um, I guess uh, I would like to see, since I've never seen it, and I think they've been some of the best big match wrestlers over the last five years. I'd like to see Kenny Omega and Johnny Gargano uh, go at it. I think that would be that'd be a great match. Yes, um, I'd like to see. Uh, uh, I'd like to see the Bucks and the Usos. Um, we'll just keep I it like, WWE and AEW then, because we'll, I guess 
now I think about it, you know, five different promotions is hard. So AEW and, and WWE, you can use the whole WWE umbrella. Oh, so man. Kenny and, and Gargano, that'd be great. And the Bucks and I Usos, I feel that's something that no matter what side of the fence you're on, whether more AEW, more WWE, or you're just a wrestling fan, that's a match that I felt probably should have been made, but couldn't, obviously, because, you know, Bucks weren't under contract, Usos weren't ever free agents. But that's one of those matches that's like, man, like, let them go 20, 30 minutes and pfft. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I would like to see um, someone like, probably like Hangman Page and Roman Reigns, I think would be uh, pretty awesome, especially with uh, what Reigns is doing as Tribal Chief right now. and He's a, such a big badass. And uh, I think Hangman Page is like a good, great everyman babyface. And he has like, he has his own charm that I, I don't think translates to uh, everyone. But I think amongst like the younger males, mm-hmm. I think Hangman tapped into something to where like they're emotional and you know they're you know whatever sure. I, think, I think he's got uh something there going um i would probably go with uh you know i'd like to see uh ray phoenix against uh how about ray phoenix and ricochet run that back i know they were in lucha underground um at one point um i would like to see swerve take on who could I put Swerve against that I would think would be a match like that? I, no, I wouldn't do that. He would. He would. <laughs> <laughs> I think Swerve and Darby would be a great match. Uh, current day, seeing as how they're both from the Northwest and, uh, you know, the pride of one's home. Right. Put, put that, make that uh, uh, Darby and Swerve. And then, guy that i like a lot i think um trying to remember who's all on their roster um i like pete dunn a great deal i think pete dunn's probably one of the greatest wrestlers to ever come into wwe (laughs) Um, i agree he's one of my favorites yeah uh i'll go with pete dunn versus uh this is tough this is very tough I will go with Pete Dunn versus John Moxley. I think that would be a knockdown, drag out, submission war brawl type match. I think that'd be very interesting. That would be interesting if if only they just wrestled in wrestling roles where you know Mox can't make right. the ring and not use weapons, just traditional wrestling. You know, professional <laughs> wrestling. Right. Uh, so now that we have dream matches out of the way, uh, we've already discussed that you're a big Lakers fan. Uh, how long yeah. have you liked the Lakers, and what got you to like the Lakers? Uh, I've been a Laker fan since 1999, so um, I was became a Laker fan during the series. They got swept um, by the Spurs, four to nothing, and they were closing down the Great Western Forum. And I was like, "Yo, man, they're better than this." Like, I like them dudes. Like, I know they got swept. Fuck yeah! Like, and then a change in my life happened. I was living in Massachusetts at the time, where I'm from. We moved out to California oh. after that. And then that summer, like, is, like, the year, like, the first Lakers championship season, uh, the year, the 2000 season. Yep. And I'm watching KCAL 9, I'm watching Chick Hearn, like, I'm watching Stu with them, and every single Lakers game I was watching, and it was just like, this is my fucking team until, like, you know, whenever the casket drops. <laughs> like, <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm, and Kobe was my favorite player uh, from the time he did the belt contest already. 
So it's just like, yeah, this is what I'm riding with. Yeah, Kobe. The, Kobe's been my favorite player. Well, first it was MJ because when I was growing up, my cousin that watched me, she was a huge Bulls fan. So we watched every Bulls game that was on TV, which common for the '90s. But uh, the yeah. one in '96, she always wanted to watch the drafts. And when I was younger, my dad watched the football drafts, and she'd want to watch the basketball. I didn't understand them at the time, really. I was like, okay. But then I heard that there was a high school kid from Pennsylvania, where I'm from, not you know just the state that I'm from, and his name was Kobe, which was a different. I've never heard a name like that before. His name was Kobe Bryant. So I heard that, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, okay. And so I'm still, like, forming my own opinions of basketball and stuff. And then a few years, like, I fall out. I was like, oh, I'm going to keep track of that guy. You know, MJ's still the guy. You know, Dennis Rodman was my guy because he was on wrestling. And, you know, he had the colored hair. And uh, he was just a wild – I didn't know about all the wildness till I was a little bit older. But then I was like, all right. And then it was after Jordan retired, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be a Lakers fan because of that Kobe guy. And then ever since, it was just Kobe and – uh, I was talking about last week with my guest Mike Sykes, and he's a big basketball guy too. And I don't care what the argument is. I will never argue anyone else is the GOAT but Kobe Bryant. I don't care what anyone says. You can give me all the stats. You can give me all of the figures. You can give me championships. You can give me accolades. I don't care about that. Kobe's my GOAT. That's it. Now, I might entertain I might entertain who's better between Le- LeBron and MJ. Might entertain that. But Kobe's above both of them. Don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I, I I pretty much settle where you are. I'm like, look, man, like he played in the toughest conferences, like that that Western Conference that he played in, where team was winning 50 games and being the eight seed and uh, making it to the final seven times, winning five, being you know uh, sharing shots with Shaq, taking over, coming back as a man, like he's just not, like nobody's gonna mean what he means. Like I'm sorry, right. this was before. Like, like, right, absolutely. And then once so, once he passed, I was like, "That's it. I'm not debating anymore." Kobe's the goat. Right. And if if you don't if you don't agree with me, cool. You can pick LeBron. You can pick MJ. You can pick any player from here on. I don't care. Uh, so, what were some of your favorite Kobe memories? Like, what were some man. of your favorite moments or games? Because there's so many to choose from, and a lot are probably the same as mine. Or you know, I'll remember I it. Game four of the 2000 NBA Finals. I got this, Shaq. Yep. You know, you're following out over there. Yep. Uh, I'll get from here and score all the points in overtime on the road in the finals at 22. You know, <laughs> I'll do that. Um, I liked how he used to abuse the Kings uh, on random occasions. Love like it. he would drive base on reverse slam while Doug Christie looks just shocked and not knowing what the hell is going on. Um I like when he lit up the garden for 61 in 2009. Of course, an 81-point game. Um, I loved when in the 2010 Western Conference Finals where he was hitting all these crazy fadeaways over Grant Hill to bury the Suns because the Suns had tormented us for years yep. in the middle, middle 2000s. And he was doing the airplane like celebration. like It was just like... Uh, it, it was running through fire, and of course, Game Seven of the uh, of, of 2010 NBA Finals. Like uh, he didn't shoot great, but I think he did everything. You know, he showed his whole game there. He showed what he was going to do on defense. He's going to hit the boards. He was going to get fouled, and it was just like this dude's the he's the ultimate winner. Like I like, and, and then, of course, his last game he dropped 60, and then I think uh, leading up to that game. I could kind of see it coming because he'd been playing a little better and, you know, he was winding it down. 
But that last game, that was like standing and like, you know. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It, I shouldn't say crazy because it, it's Kobe. But it, I was just sitting there and I was going nuts. And the girl saying at the time, she's like going to bed and I'm sitting there yelling. She's like, what are you yelling about? I was like, Kobe has 43 at this point. Kobe's at 48. You know, Kobe's at 56. Like, holy shit. Like, then he gets to 60. I'm just yeah. like, oh, what a great game. And then uh, I did not know this was coming. Like about a month later, my uh, grandparents had sent me a plaque of the last game. And it came with a coin and a picture of him and stuff. It hangs on my wall. And I was just like, I get home, I get home, and I'm just like, what's this package? I didn't order anything, did I? And I open it up, and I see that, and I was just like, well, that's dope. Like, but how did they get to my house, and why is it addressed to me? Right. And my, you know, my grandpa texts me, he's like, oh, did you uh, get that package we sent you? I was like, uh, this, and I send the page. He's like, yep. And I was like, man, that's awesome. And then the 81 point game, I'll never forget that because that was going into my, my birthday's on the 23rd. That game was played on the 22nd, but ended into my birthday. And I always say that's one of the greatest birthday presents I've ever received. And I'm going nuts after midnight, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's a school. Yeah, it's a Sunday night, and it's a school night. And my mom and grandma are like, "What are you yelling about? You should be in bed." I'm like, "Kobe just scored 81. It's my birthday, and Kobe yeah. scored 81. Like 81 points in a game. Are you kidding me?" And that was, you know, there's so many Kobe moments. Uh, I was talking last week that I had the Kobe Moon shoes, the Adidas shoes uh, back in the day. I had the silver ones. I had those for basketball, and. <laughs> I was just like, I don't care how ugly people think they are. Those are one of the best shoes ever to me. And yeah, and I think even with Kobe, like in the times like you know losing, like um, coming back from like uh, Game Six of the OA Finals, he's just blown off the court and then walking out with his head held high and knowing he'll be back. And they came back and got that back twice. Yep. Um, and also like um, you know. Knowing it, that he didn't run from the challenge, it felt like. Right. So like, and and I felt like being rooting for Kobe is like, you kind of got put in a box, like to because Kobe was on the opposite side of a lot of stuff. It was like, you know, Iverson or Kobe. It was like, yeah, you're under the Jordan shadow, and then it's like everyone loves LeBron. It's like, so when you're a Kobe fan, you you ride that much harder. Yep. For him, and then. You know, even his own teammates, like Shaq and Kobe, and then when it was time for Shaq to go. Man, I know, hated like, Shaq after that for a long time. What's up? I hated Shaq for a long time after that. I hated him. And I was like, you know, fuck you, Shaq. Like, you know, we're going to win without you. You know, he goes and wins one first, but he had D-Wade. He had the young D-Wade with him, and, and then Kobe, you know, gets two, and then as soon as he got that fifth one, what's this mean to you? I got one more than Shaq. Yep. And and yep. that's that's something I love about his petty... His petty drive, like, all right, uh, there's some I just watched on Twitter this morning or yesterday that uh, George Carl did not play him in the fourth quarter of an all-star game in Denver. And he's like, you know what, I'm never letting Denver beat me in the playoffs, ever. And he beat them three times, and including that epic uh, series where him and Carmelo were battling. But <laughs> that's just the Kobe that, you know, if, if you're not a Kobe fan, you're not going to, you know, love and appreciate that. But his Mamba mentality, that's basically what it was. Just And, and like you yeah. said earlier, he, like, grew up, like, we grew up with Kobe. Obviously, he's you know was older than us, but we grew up with Kobe. And then he went from eight, where he was so great, and then he went to twenty four, where he he might have been better. I don't know which is which one is better half the time. You know, I want to say the twenty four yeah. probably, but the eight put up a bunch of great stats too. Great stats. Like I think the average fan will probably tell you the eight, but I'm like, look, man, the twenty four was when he was on top, like undisputed. Like yep. it was like this was his team, his city, wasn't sharing nothing. Was it? And it was like, 
you know, this was the peak until the end, the last memory is the 24. So, like, I love the 8-2, but, like, it's, for me, it's the 24. All right, yeah, for, I, would, I would choose the 24. Uh, that's the I had both jerseys growing up. But the 24, and I, and I lost it when I moved a few years ago, and it still pisses me off to this day because now you can't obviously you can't get one because, you know, with his passing. But uh, the gold 24 jersey, that was what I wanted. I'm going to buy it at some point whenever I come into more money and they're not outrageously priced. I think I saw them at uh, Hibbit for like 300 so that's not terrible. Might explore that at some yeah. point. But just, you know, the, something about Kobe, like the every – a lot of people are like, oh, you know, fuck COVID. How oh, fuck you? No, that that's where we're gonna, you know, that might have to be like, put your hands up, like, you know, if we, you're with your friends, you're like, oh, Kobe's this, Kobe's that. Yeah, Kobe's a champion. That's what Kobe is. And you know, five, five, absolutely. Uh, you, what other sports are you into besides basketball? Actually, before I, uh, before we, we get into that, uh, the JML on Twitter. Uh, when I asked for questions earlier, he was like the only one to send. He sent two questions in one tweet, and uh, I forgot about when we were doing the music. But do you think the Lakers will repeat as champions? Was number one. Ooh, it's going to be very tough. Uh, there's competition coming out of the East that was not coming out of it last year. Um, the Heat were a nice little team. They uh, got hot. They had a fiery leader, but like. There's a three-headed monster in New Jersey. Yep. And I have no idea uh, if we're going to be able to stand up to that. But And I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know what the travel is going to affect. Because, like, they have travel last year. So this year, like, they're going to have to travel uh, in there. The COVID stuff that is inevitably going to pop off at some point. I lean to still think the Lakers are the favorites. Um, I think just because LeBron has decided I'm not declining. So right. <laughs> I'm still going to just do what I've done and, and jump less. So um, right. I, I like the moves that the front office made uh, through you know the offseason. And I think they're playing really good right now. And I think that uh, I think New Jersey is going to be a challenge. And that's why I think it's coming out the East. So uh, we just got to find someone that, that's, that's going to be able to guard that that number seven. Yep. Like, oh, the answer is nobody because nobody on planet Earth can guard Kevin Durant. It's just hoping that Kyrie and James Harden don't have uh, efficient shooting nights. Because if that happens, then it's going to be a world of trouble. But like you said, the the front office moves that they made uh, in the off season with their seventy nine day off season. You now them and the Heat had the shortest off season because they obviously played the longest, and of course money talks, and they had to get back on the court as soon as possible. But uh, yeah. no, I think. Coming into the season, and even at this point right now, uh, they're a better team than they were last year. I have a better roster than they did last year, and I love last year's roster. I love I love Rondo. Rondo's one of my favorite players, uh, not when he was with the Celtics. Once he was away from the Celtics, absolutely. I liked him at Kentucky. I did, hated him for Boston because I hate all Boston players. And then after that, all right, cool. Like Rondo's cool. Like you know, And then, you know, Montrez Harrell, everyone's like, oh, the Clippers have hit. Oh, no, they don't. That, we'll take him. Thanks. He didn't want to play with you guys because you guys are bums. And, you know, I hate the Clippers, too. Uh, I, I'm assuming you hate the Clippers. Yeah, I do not like Clippers. I think they're fake, tough guys. Like, not, you know, they don't I, – I don't think they're, you know, they don't play with the most heart. Uh, I think Patrick Beverly is a scrub. Um, I would love Patrick Beverly if he played on my team. When he doesn't play on my team. <laughs> Probably. 
but like like in the words of Russell Westbrook, Pat Bell trick y'all, man. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, I love it. I love that they thought that they were just you know, everyone everyone in and their brother in the media last year, oh the Clippers are gonna destroy everyone, the Clippers this, the Clippers that. The Clippers didn't even make it to the conference championship, so like get out of here with that nonsense and they're, they're not gonna do it again. You know, Kawhi is too much of a, a diva that we, I guess we didn't know about until, you know, the past year or two of how much of a diva he really is. And Paul George, yeah. don't he just trashed in the playoffs. But Lakers all the way. But like I said, uh, if, if the Nets don't come out of the East somehow, I think it's going to be the Sixers. And I think that that would yep. be a, a problematic yeah, well. matchup for the Lakers. I think it would be a good matchup overall for NBA Finals. But uh, I think it's one of those two teams. Uh, screw the Celtics. I mean, they're probably the third best team to me. But screw them. They can be the 12th best team for all I care. Uh but moving on, other sports that you watch, or is it just basketball and wrestling? Just, just basketball and wrestling, uh, really. Uh, I haven't watched an NFL game in four years. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, I Once I decided, you know, like once I saw how everything played out with Colin Kaepernick, I uh, went ahead and, you know, stepped away from, okay. from that, NFL. That's respectable. How, you know, he couldn't somehow get back in the league, you know, after all these years and uh, I have a motto that I've been putting out. I'm thinking about making a shirt out of it. So they do right by cap, they all cap. So I saw you say that actually during the uh, Super Bowl, right before the Super Bowl or something. I was like, you know what, that that makes a lot of sense. Like that, you know, because uh, no, I can't. I can. I could never bring myself to boycott the NFL. It just, I, and I, I don't agree with anything. I don't agree with the blackballing of Colin Kaepernick, anything yeah. like that. You know, I've been in many, I guess, political debates online with. You know, people, you know, especially on Facebook where it's like family and friends. Oh, he's a piece of shit for kneeling. He's unpatriotic. And well, what about, you know, you know, it was a, a Navy SEAL that said, hey, why don't you kneel to protest? And oh, he doesn't know what he's talking. Oh, you're right. The, that Navy SEAL doesn't know what he's talking about. But the Navy SEAL that says, hey, stand the fuck up. He knows what he's talking about. Okay. You know, so so I, I'm, I'm behind that. But for some, I just can't boycott the NFL. Uh, it's just something that, and I respect everyone who does. I have a good friend, my buddy, Mike, he was my sports editor in uh, my college newspaper and still one of my good friends, uh, mentor to me. I was actually just talking to him earlier and, uh, no, he hasn't watched the game in maybe four years too. I don't know. He has everything on social media muted. Uh, the only thing NFL he did, he, uh, I think he writes for the athletic and he got different beat writers from, uh, the four remaining teams in the championship games and then the Super Bowl teams to talk about, you know, various things. And he just basically mm-hmm. posed the question. He doesn't watch it, but I respect everyone who does uh, who does that. Uh, before you stop watching, who was your team? Uh, I was a big fan of the Colts. Okay. Um, I I was a paid Manning guy uh, all throughout uh, his career. And then I stayed on with the Colts watching Andrew Luck. I was never really too excited, but uh, I, I ended up uh, – I did like uh, – the uh, any anyone that was playing like big offense, offensive okay. football <clears throat> was what I liked pretty much. Um, they uh, I, and I think one reason it was also easy for me to give up the NFL because like I liked football, but I never loved football like that. You know, I was growing, I grew up in the Northeast, so like uh, I liked baseball. I was a Red Sox fan, uh, and because my grandfather and uh, you know the Patriots weren't good until they were like right. around. I was I was probably like in seventh grade I think when they started like this whole thing so like I was like man like I heard that you know the Bucks have won the Super Bowl of course how could I not I'm here in like Tampa area and Tom Tom Brady I'm like wow Tom Brady is like been like terrorizing 
since like middle school. Like I was in middle school, yeah. like my. But uh, I think I was like ten at the time. Right. Like when he when he first won. You know, yeah, that's crazy, man. You know, all these years later, just like, damn, like, all right, you know, because lately, the, you know, is he the the greatest you know athlete of all time or whatever? And you know, it's it's a fun debate. Uh, but uh, for me, it's Serena Williams, and then you can put uh, Michael Phelps up there. Uh, I would put Brady over Jordan, and I you know if we're gonna rank all these you no know, goats, but <laughs> Serena Williams has all those majors, and she's still doing it. Yeah. She's still kicking ass. Like she uh, won a. Won the U.S. or the Australian Open while pregnant. While pregnant, like, that's crazy to me. Like, like, that's, 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 and that's ridiculous. Like as far as like, like yo, tell him to do like people talk about people playing through injury and like, hey, play while pregnant, right? <laughs> yeah, but those are. I I still can't believe that. Like uh, that was a lot of people were like, oh, he, he's not the go to you know these people, and they they bring up that Michael Phelps had the eight gold and the. Uh, what is it? I think the 08 Olympics or whatever Olympics it was. I think it was 08. Maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember. the Or 12 when Michael Phelps won all those. I don't remember which year it was. But he won all the eight gold medals. and uh, Yeah, eight was a lot. And then uh, they are talking about Simone Biles being uh, above Tom Brady because she's doing moves that they don't even know what the hell they are. And <laughs> they're unsafe for everyone but her. And it's just like, damn. Like I didn't realize that. I don't know how I missed that or if I just didn't remember it. I was just like, what? Oh shit! Like, okay, uh, but yeah, Brady. You know, we've seen him most of our lives just terrorize the NFL, and you know, two thirds of our lives. It's just crazy how that happens. It's sort of like, you now we didn't get to fully see it. Like, I'm sure we you watch games when you're during the Jordan era. Uh, I didn't watch them until later. Like, I watched them, but I didn't understand it fully because I was always big on watching like ESPN Classic. Back that was a, that was a great channel. So I'd watch the '80s games and I'd watch the, all the '90s games and got big into basketball. And it's crazy how like different athletes have terrorized different you know sports over X amount of time. It's sort of like uh, you know Shawn Michaels was killing it for you know, 20, 25 years, and then uh, AJ Styles is close to his you know, 25th year or something. You know, mm-hmm. it is it's crazy how like that all correlates together. How wrestling and uh, and sports come together in a, in a way, because uh, someone yeah. someone put a thing as Tom Brady the goat and had you know seven Super Bowls, and then Bret Hart had like seven or eight World Championships and tag titles and IC title and King of the Ring. King of the Ring and Brady had zero. He's like, well, I guess this, this, this settles it, and you know that's just one of those things. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, you know, I'm glad that you came on. I'm glad we got to do this finally. Uh, we'll do another time. Maybe we'll do like a Kobe episode. That's like a whole Kobe episode. Uh, hopefully sometime, either this year or you know, next year, whenever this nonsense of the pandemic is over, I can get down there and see you and TZ and Swerve all in the booth and see, you know, do something with that. Uh, TZ and I have been in talks about doing some things. Uh, I'm not sure what he has up his sleeve yet. He just said, you know, stand by. I got something I'm working on. I was like... You do. You yeah. just let me. You just let me know. Uh, you know, but coming to the studio and seeing how that process works, and uh, I have some ideas that I'd, I'd like to do for. So hopefully we can do it this year, next year. Uh, yeah. Like I said, we'll do like a Kobe episode sometime. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely talk again because it's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. You know, we've talked many times offline. You know, through Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and maybe an Instagram too. Who knows? I don't. 
there's so many. <laughs> I, I can't keep track of all the, of the people where I've talked to them at, but you know, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, go ahead and plug anything that you have, uh, you know, social media feeds, YouTube, all that good stuff, where they can yeah. find you elsewhere. Yeah, man. Um, you can just type in Rich Latta on either like Spotify or YouTube. Um, I host a podcast called One Nation Radio as well on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You can type in One Nation Radio or Social Suplex Podcast Network on, on uh, any uh, podcast network. Like you can see that pop up. We cover uh, AEW, NXT, New Japan, Stardom, as well as anything else big in pro wrestling. Um, also, uh, you know, check out you know GPS. Uh, you know, go ahead and buy that album. Um, <laughs> support your boys and uh, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, if there's anything that every time I see a new subscriber it makes me smile a little bit so uh, yeah that's pretty much it and just type in Rich Lano awesome and then before uh, you know I sign off here I, I sort of got this from the Swerve City podcast uh, give listeners something like on a positive note either like a, a story that you overcome something or just some words of you know wisdom for you know it could be for anything it could be for you know music it could be for life in general just give something it doesn't have to be long just whatever you can offer to someone who's listening to this right. and like, like all right well i can use that yeah man uh, i would say um uh always uh like this is um a quote that i've been hearing recently a lot from from russ and i thought it was very interesting uh the future never comes so maximize so it, it, it's only today today's your only opportunity to like whatever you're going through like if you're down on yourself or something like that you have the opportunity like you don't have to wait a week because a week will be here and then you're still in the same position if you don't do anything so like the future technically doesn't come and you're still in the same spot so anything you're going to change uh do it today i would say awesome and you know like i said i appreciate you coming on we'll do this again uh hopefully we'll do something in studio uh, at some point down the road, I'm going to have to have you or Teasy or Swerve write it for me. Uh, but I'm going to have to get in the booth myself. Uh, but one of you guys are going to have to ghostwrite, or all three are going to have to ghostwrite for me and you know give me something where I can just... And that will never be released except to me. Did you ever see the Straight Outta Compton uh, movie? Yeah. You remember when Easy e was punching in like every line? We'll have to do that for you. Yeah, we might have to do that. Right? <laughs> and it's, and only, uh, it's only for me, you know. And you guys can listen to it. Unless it's dope, and then Swerve's like, hey, or T's like, hey, put this on the album. But other than that, I just I just need one time where I go in the booth, where I can say, hey, I went in the booth and I recorded something. So uh, we'll, we'll be in talks about that, and hopefully we can make that come through. Uh, but for everyone else, thank you. If you've listened to this, thank you. If you've reached this point, I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate Rich for coming on. Uh, go follow him all over social media where he just told you. Uh, listen to him on, on his own podcast. Listen to him on his YouTube channel. Listen to him on the GPS album. If you don't have that, I encourage you to go get it, especially if you are a rap or a hip-hop head. Uh, go get that. TZ and Swerve really put in work on that. Get Erica's Son while you're at it, too. That's TZ's album. Uh, that's going to be reviewed soon by me. It should have been reviewed a long time ago, but like I said, some things happen. Now I'm getting back in a groove. Uh, so, like I said, you're here at this point. Thank you for, for listening. Uh, thanks for Rich for coming on. And as always, you can follow me at KingWord15 on Twitter. Hit me up. Talk about wrestling. Talk about sports. Talk about life. Talk about this podcast. Talk about whatever you feel like talking about. Until next time. <laughs>